Welcome to Head Over Feels, the podcast where we discuss matters of the heart while also using our heads, blending emotional awareness with intellectual relationship skills. We promise raw, real, and sometimes ridiculous advice on love, sex, and relationships. I'm Megan Sundra. And I'm Fernando DV. We're here to tag team you with juicy insights, tantalizing tools, and sometimes embarrassing anecdotes in order to help you have the best love life ever. On this week's episode, we'll be answering letters about a poly married mess, enthusiasm fade out, familial gay intolerance, and hierarchical poly 101. Ooh-hoo. Yeah, we got some juice yes. to get into. <laughs> <laughs> so this is our fir- first podcast of 2021. Woo! Actually, uh, first one we're recording in 2021. Yeah, <laughs> So we're gonna we're gonna do some celebrations here yeah. on the podcast sites. <laughs> Not to mention we've moved on from 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna start reading off some reviews that just seem so sweet. And then, uh, if you'd like to have your review right on the po- air, please review us on iTunes or Apple Podcast app, and then we will read them on the v- and give a shout out. Woo. So our first review of the reading is from Neil West. And he writes, psychology meets the bedroom and the relationship room, LGBTQ plus and razor straight entertainment discussion solutions. Yeah. Thank you so much, Neil West. We really appreciate the love and we appreciate the love of all the folks who have left us reviews thus far. And if you haven't, go ahead and go do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Make it your New Year's resolution. Start reviewing yeah. the podcast you love. <laughs> we, we do this with love for you guys, and we really appreciate all the love that we get back um, in our DMs, in the Facebook group, and in the reviews. So thank you so much. Yeah. And just a couple other things. Like in 2020, we released our podcast. We had 43 episodes we dropped in 2020. Yeah. What a hell of a year. We had over uh, 6,500 downloads Heck of our yeah. episodes. So. Uh, thank you all for, again for listening and supporting us for being through us through all the fucked up relationship stuff that <laughs> everyone's got to bring in. And, you know, thank you for all for people who directly reached out to us to thank us and, and shared your experiences, your, um, you know, deeper questions and your results too. That's, that really keeps us flowing. That's like the currency that keeps on giving. Totally. So like even when we have our rough days, even just to discuss and reflect on those moments and those discussions really, it not only means a lot, but it also reminds us like that we're doing this for not really just ourselves. We're doing this because it's like contributing something that we like to discuss and delve into and, and give back to other people who either may not have had the resources, access or tools to, uh, to, do, to handle these things in a relationship. So that's true. We were yeah. not educated, any of us on this topic as we grew up. And so that's part of our ethos here is to help share you know, the things we wish we'd known long ago and mm. in the hopes of improving your and our own relationships as we go along. So thanks for being on this journey with us. It's really been crazy and honestly, one of the best things I've ever done in my life yeah. to be totally sappy with you right now, <laughs> <laughs> looking Aww. back on 2020. I'm, I'm so grateful to be a part of this. Mm. Um, and this would be nothing without you listeners. We would just be yapping at each other in the studio, uh, just making sounds into a mic that wasn't plugged in. So. <laughs> You know I wouldn't let you do you that. <laughs> I am prone to doing that. So, 
but but for real, thanks for making this a reality for us. It's absolutely a dream and a passion that's been brewing for a long time. And, um, we're going to be doing bigger and more exciting things in 2021. So thanks for sticking around. Yeah. We're hoping to also bring it some more live experiences Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and, you know, fingers crossed for some normality this year and festivals that we can, uh, you can meet us, you know, if you're local to Colorado, you get to see us and we're, yeah. yeah. And we're shooting to do some more like live streams so we can get some more interaction. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, on a side note, I'm going to give a shout out to South Africa. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you asking? <laughs> Why South Africa? Apparently, uh, our podcast is a position 12 in the category of sexuality in South Africa. Just yeah. fucking cool. That yeah. was awesome to hear. I was like, what? Oh, I'm so surprised. So, yo, uh, shout out to all of you in South Africa. Hope life is well and your sex is good. That's right. <laughs> so. Yes. And I believe we have a lot of listeners in Kenya as well. Yeah. So shout out to you guys. Thanks for tuning in and sharing it with your friends. Yeah. And France as well. Yeah. yeah thank you, France. And U.S. too. Mm-hmm, we got, mm-hmm. of course, show love for our home, for the motherland. But. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is where the majority of our folks are. But um, it's been delightful to see the ways that we have reached out and touched every continent so far. Yeah. So um, I think the only one would be that probably stats aren't available for, but Antarctica. I know uh, you nerd scientists are down there someone, in your, in your yeah. science bio stations. Whatever you're doing, whatever's <laughs> blurred under that Google map of yours, <laughs> tell us your secrets. <laughs> we know you got spare time to listen. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I was really when we since we're going to be delving into the hierarchical poly. Mm. I was thinking I for a while I thought I had a good idea of what hierarchical poly meant to me, and mm. I was like, okay, I am pretty sure I know where how I'm going to talk about this, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to shoot it down. And I I think a lo- I don't know if this happens for a lot of poly people, but I know that I'm having the experience of like my desire and needs in polyamory has changed so much especially in this last year. Ooh, and I just can't like, wait to hear about that. And and especially even just like the viewpoint perspective of hierarchical poly, because I used to be so like against it and had this, and it was just like a hard no. Mm. But I think, and I'm starting, and we'll go more into it later, but I'm starting to think there's a lot more openness and discussion to it. And ultimately, like Meg and I were kind of talking about this earlier that, you know, there shouldn't, if you can do this in an ethical, respectful way and everyone's opting into the thing they want, What's the harm? There's no harm, no foul there mm, at that point. Mm-hmm. It's but you know, there's also things that you want to be mindful and watch out for too. Yeah, totally. We're gonna have a very nuanced take, which honestly is better than the take we used to have on it years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so you're welcome. And <laughs> we know that this is something that is deeply personal to a lot of people, and it's a hot button issue. It is highly contested. I'm in a lot of forums about non-monogamy, and I see people just blasted every day over this topic so i mean i don't blame people for having really strong opinions so um all of them are valid and we're just opening the discussion topic here in hopes of educating people on the topic and letting them decide for themselves yeah yeah awesome well we will get to that here at the end of the episode i'm so excited stick around (laughs) um so we'll do a couple house cleaning things and we will get right to our letters. So mm-hmm. first and foremost, as we mentioned earlier, please send us our any love letters 
You know, any love letters you would send to your partner, send to us. We'll take them. <laughs> <laughs> we might do a service where we read a love letter on air. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Genuinely, we'd love to hear your thoughts about the show, about the topics we address, topics you want to hear more about, um, any, you know, preferences or suggestions. We are all ears. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Additionally, we have a Facebook group called Rebel, Rebel Hearts. Thank you. <laughs> Drawing a blank. I was going to give you our website. I was like, wait a second. That's not autopilot there. Yeah. Rebel Hearts. Find us there. We will discuss. We have memes. We have dis- we'll have discussion there. We will be more active with like live streams on there very in the coming future. Mm-hmm. One coming at the end of the month. So we will announce the, the date and time there pretty shortly. Mm-hmm. And... And just like an open space for us to like collaborate and connect over any relationship stuff that we talk about in the episode, you know, episode discussion. So join us. If there's any reason to still be on Facebook, it's that. That is so true. <laughs> <laughs> Unfollow <laughs> everything else. <laughs> right? We're trying to create a unique space to be yourself and to be able to discuss things honestly that are going on in your love and relationship lives. Um, and it's a good place to connect with other people who believe the same things as the rest of our listeners. You know, we kind of have this common thread of that we want to do love differently mm. and that we want to break expectations and create the love lives that um, we've always dreamed of, even if that is outside of the norm. And so we're all about being outside of the norm here yeah. and providing a safe space to be so. Yeah. Additionally, if you have an itching question or desire to <laughs> have your question read on air, please reach out to us at headoverfeelspod.com slash contact. Mm-hmm. You can fill out the form. It was a nice form. Thank you, Meg, for doing that. You're welcome. And where you can submit, you can be anonymous or you can be very vocal about who you are and who mm-hmm. you're fucking or whatever is going on. <laughs> and let us offer some support and assistance for you. We will read on the air. You will get our sass. You will get our truth. And you will um, hopefully walk away with some tools to handle your situation or to check yourself. <laughs> totally, totally. And, you know, we do it with love and humor at the same time. Yeah. It's all in the service of everyone having the best love lives ever. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> That's right, that's right. And if, like, you know, eight to ten minutes is not enough time, uh, you want your question covered beyond just on air on the podcast, we offer private personal relationship coaching. Ooh. Yeah, so you can contact us on headoverfeelspod.com slash coaching and get in touch with us to schedule a free consultation call where we talk to you and kind of learn a little more about your situation, if we can help you, and tell you a little more about what coaching is all about. Um, you can get it through one or both of us. Um, if you want to recreate the podcast experience in the privacy of your own phone call, we can it's do not, that. Yeah, and it's not more if you get both of us. FYI. Right. Yeah. So. And so we just go deeper and really uh, walk you through options that you have and analyze the situation. It's it's just so much more robust than we can cover on the podcast itself. Mm-hmm. Yes. And stay tuned for the end of the month. We have announcement for, or we will be announcing very shortly on our social medias and and in a upcoming episode time and date for our uh, live stream mm-hmm. where we will have it'll be a facebook q a we will have the doors open so if you have relationship questions on a fly if you want to ask us about what our weirdest kink is or yeah however personal <laughs> i suppose we can opt out if we wanted to but That's we won't <laughs> we can we will uh, just let it be an open forum for discussion so yeah. Yeah. So please do join us. Um, and with all that, our endless gratitude, mm-hmm. uh, let's get into some letters. Yes. So our first letter comes from Malika. 
do you think is how it said? Malika. Yeah. Malika, a 27-year-old polyamorous woman. And she writes, hello, loves. I'm in a bit of a pickle and looking for some guidance, even if it is run away. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> Here's the scoop. I'm dating a gentleman, quote, Peter, who is married to, quote, Sam. They have only been married shy of a year and a half, and their total relationship hasn't been much longer than that. I believe two and a half years they've been dating total. Anyway, Peter is a sweetheart and incredibly supportive, but also he and his wife are very new to being poly. In fact, I believe I'm the first person for Peter to date in this way. Well, things have been going well with Peter, but it seems his wife is incredibly insecure, insisting we don't get physical, and anytime we are on a date, she is texting him constantly. She and I have talked, and while I thought that was helpful, it turns out her insecurity has been a bit rampant, and she has gone off saying she doesn't trust me and that she thinks I just want to fuck her husband. Not entirely false, but it comes with a gig. (laughs) (laughs) I love your honesty. Yes. (laughs) Um, Peter has been talking to her, and it seems like they are working through their own thing. He seems a bit hot and cold with me. One moment we are super hot and heavy, and another he is a bit distant. I found out from him now his wife is dating a close friend of theirs and has hooked up with them, and it feels a bit hypocritical that she can do what she wants, but once her husband even gets remotely close to someone, she seems to inject herself into the situation. I really like Peter, but his wife is making this really fucking hard to deal with and hasn't been very willing to talk to me directly. What should I do? Will this work itself out, or should I bail? Oh, man. Oh, Mm. mama. That is... Thank you for writing in Malika. <laughs> this sounds like a huge pain in the ass. Yeah. Oh. We're sorry you find yourself in this mess. Yeah. Is what I would call it. Yeah. <laughs> not even a hot mess. You're not even getting action. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This is like you're getting fucked in the wrong ways. Like mm-hmm. it's not even. <laughs> so my instinct here, hmm, I. If I really like this person, it sounds like you do. Mm-hmm. I, you can either tread lightly. I, I would personally move on. Like I'm Same. like, this is kind of like <laughs> this sounds like a fucking dumpster fire. And here's my reasoning: when it comes to relationships with people, I think you can get on a pretty quickly. You can start getting some telltale signs if things are going to work mm. or not. And if you find that you're getting that things are like getting way too intense with the drama and just like unnecessary like flack right away that's usually a pretty good indicator that if that if things are starting out this way that this is either not a good time to be dating each other or not really good situation to be in in the first Mm. place so i hearing this i'm like like i'd rather i'd rather say you know what peter like best best of luck to you like this isn't working for me but if you decide not to hear it, our our <laughs> warning, or um, you can't, there are ways you can go about this because I think you know, as salty as we may be on some of these <laughs> things, there are ways for us to hand, you know, to try to make this work. And then you know, if that doesn't work, then you could say to hell with you and mm-hmm. find someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that sticks out is like setting firm boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, specifically around how your time looks together. And how communication is being handled. I think it's a really shitty situation for you to be this middle person or your partner to be a middle person between his wife's, you know, insecurities and then you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it is valid that like, you know, whatever they're dealing with, 
does by proximity affect you, but it's, it is a bit unfair in that you're kind of like, you know, her insecurities are taking up so much space that it's impacting your relationship directly so much so that you're on a fucking date and it's like, she's constantly reaching out. Like that sounds like the extreme form of insecurity where now there's an attempt for what it sounds like attempt for control Mm. and maybe manipulation of some sort. And that also big red flag right there. Yeah. So I, you know, you can also just, so I think I'm hearing like firm boundaries being firm about like what you're willing and not willing to do. And you could say something like, I really like you. I want to see this work. And I'm unwilling to continue at this pace. Like, I need accountability and clear communication from you and your wife. Uh, and if you want to do more kitchen style poly where you are going to be interacting with her more directly, that you like, I need her to like, you know, if she's not really willing to communicate me and I'm kind of like the ostracized person, that doesn't feel really good and supportive. Uh, and that probably will be a bomb that will go off later mm-hmm. down the road, which sounds like it's already on fire yeah, at this point. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it sounds like, and if you're, you, your partner are unwilling to meet me at the here, you know, expressing whatever other needs you may need around this relationship, then he's like, I'm, I'm just not willing to continue this relationship. Yeah. You know, you're not really willing. And I wouldn't be willing to like be toyed around like that. Mm-mm. And it's not her fucking relationship. And for her to also go off, hook up with someone else. But then the moment you get close to someone uh, or, you know, your, your partner gets close to someone, then she like injects into the, herself in there. That's like, no, that's fucked up. Then mm-hmm. she's, then it sounds like very much like a control thing where I get to have the game played my rules and I'm the one who's playing all the pieces and I decide the rules of the game. Yeah. And that's not a real relationship or like that's not going to be a relationship that's going to last very long. Right. I'm hearing a strong power imbalance like you mm. called out between them yeah. that like there's double standards here and the wife is doing whatever she wants. But when her husband's doing something exactly like what she does, she kind of steps in and is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't trust this girl. And I, I want to be, I, you know, have you at my beck and call, like constantly texting when they're on a date, stuff like that. Um, and I think that's symptomatic of insecurity. And you called it out in your letter, you know, that like her insecurities are driving some of this. And um, there's nothing you can do to prove your trustworthiness to her. Like you can be on your best behavior. It sounds like you've been very patient this whole time, like a lot, letting them make lots of decisions, kind of stepping back. And like, where has that gotten you? <laughs> are things getting better, you know? Um, one thing I definitely want to call out here is that um, it doesn't sound like Peter's taking a lot of responsibility here, Ooh, at least yeah. not proportionate responsibility to what he should be, in my opinion, uh, because, you know, when you have a couple who are dating people outside of that couple, Peter becomes the hinge. Uh, for those of you who don't know that term, it means like the person in between two metas. So the wife is dating him and you, letter writer, are dating him too and so he is the go-between between you guys and this can get it like a really dicey position because sometimes mm. the person in between becomes like in the middle of a tug of war between the metas right. put there's a lot of push pull and sometimes they throw their hands up in the air and be like i can't do anything about it like my wife just wants this and i have to like do what she says or whatever and that's a abdication of responsibility mm. where like He's an equal player adult in all of this and needs to stand up and say, like, hey, I value this relationship and, um, you know, and and come to his wife and say, like, this is an important relationship to me and I feel like you're being intrusive. Can you stop doing the following things? And can we find other ways to help you feel safe and have your needs met 
and secure and yada, yada. So he's, he's got to step up to the plate, honestly. Um, and you should ask him to do that. And if he's, if he hems and haws and is like, well, you know, I have to defer to her. She's my wife, da, da, da. Like, well, maybe they have some hierarchy here that either you weren't aware of or you weren't aware of the extent of it. Mm -hmm. And therefore he's not going to go to bat for you. Um, and, and you're kind of second fiddle. And if you're happy with that, and if you don't mind, but it sounds like you mind, you're writing to us, (laughs) (laughs) then this doesn't sound like it's going to lead to like you being valued in a, in an equal sort of way, you know, like having your relationship prioritized as much as you want it to be. Um, so yeah, I say have a conversation with Peter, but like really lay it all out on the line. Here's my needs. Here's my boundaries. What I won't put up with, like Fernando was saying, and, um, here's what I want this to look like. Um, how does that sound to you, Peter? Is that Mm. something you want to create with me and be a part of? Do you have any modifications or ways you want to negotiate this? And if you can't come to some kind of agreement, like, man, it's better to jump ship early here. Yeah. (laughs) Nip that in the bud. And you say they were, uh, they're, they're been together two and a half years and they've been married only a year and a half. Like that's not a lot of time. And and how much of this time have them have they been non-monogamous? If you're the first person he's been dating outside of this relationship, it sounds so fresh, like so green. Yeah. They're they're not experienced enough yet at like what sounds like already a complex structure among their relationships. Yeah. So do you want to be there for their learning journey and like be there while they make all kinds of mistakes? I don't know. That's up to you. Yeah. Oh, those are great points, Meg. Thanks. I think <laughs> I want to go back to the point you made about the newness of it, you know, and we're not saying here like, oh, you newbie poly people, you suck. It's not what we're trying to say (laughs) because, hey, we were all there at one point Mm -hmm. and it is, but as a more experienced poly person, it is a risk when you uh, date newer poly people. Uh, I've made it a pretty fucking hard rule for myself. I'm like, I'm not willing to date new people unless like a bunch of conditions are met. Totally. And even then I'm like, I'm, my foot is kind of half in half out Mm -hmm. because I'm like, it's not going to go well. I love that you just stuck your foot out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that foot is getting out of here. Right. <laughs> I needed you to see how, yeah, totally. how committed I was to that. But yeah, that's. I think it's important for you to realize that it's it's not that it's wrong for you to be new at it, but you're going to make a lot of mistakes. And when you're like a seasoned and you're just like, dude, I just don't deal with this bullshit. Right. And this does seem like a lot of bullshit. Right. I uh, also worry about the newness of bringing – so not only having a new relationship, you know, and then having, then you recently married. Yeah. They're very recently. And then also adding a dynamic like Polly, which is also a very, um, how do you put it? Confronting Mm. like new, like quality that comes into your life. Yeah. These are, I feel like that when you open, if you're going to like open up your relationship and it's kind of like still, you know, trying to find a foundation, Mm -hmm doesn't really go well you know for um, sure definitely can be exceptions but i don't have a lot of optimism because it's usually if unless the relationship is solid and then you open up and you still have solid a um continuing to have a solid relationship that's where you can have a lot more success but mm-hmm. commonly people open up either as a well fuck it let's see how it goes or like <laughs> this will strengthen this right mm-hmm. and uh, or they they maybe it's introduced a little too early so it does a rep it can cause a pretty big rupture into the yeah, relationship so yeah. Um, I am not super optimistic about this, about this whole scenario. Yeah. Um, actually, I'm going to pose this question to you, Meg. Have you ever dated someone 
and been in a, I guess you would call it like a secondary or in this kind of situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Has it ever turned out well? <laughs> <laughs> well, wait a second. Um, I wouldn't say like newly married. No. Okay. But newly poly. Uh, yeah, I think so. It was very short lived and there were lots of red flags and I was like, I'm out beach. That's yeah. Like you guys so. don't seem like you have your footing yet and you're just like fling in the doors wide open. Like this is a process. This is delicate. This is varsity level relationships. Yeah. Like go slow and and be extra careful with your additional people instead of just treating them like toys. Yeah. So mm, that's that is right there. Yeah. 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 People are not exposable, you right. know, disposable like that. I uh, mean, there are some people who are into it. I will give I'll give the caveat of the people who like want to be the toy. You know what I mean? Hey. But it, <laughs> like it's in a consensual kink situation. You mm-hmm. know, it's not like, oh, I always want to be treated poorly in all aspects of my life. Like, right. no, no, no. Yeah. It's in a role play situation generally. You know? Yeah. yeah. Do you remember what happened with Jurassic Park in the movie where they let out all where all the dinosaurs got let out? Uh, it was a fucking shit show. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that was because first of all, they had, like they were they were opening the park, no regulations. They for fuck's sake, they didn't have a backup power system for such <laughs> for something that was like clearly critical to the safety of everyone tending this place. Yeah. And so if we relate that to relationships, this is like you know, opening poly to a new relationship is like the power going down and not having a backup power yeah. generator in Jurassic Park. Yeah. Everyone fucking dies. Totally. Almost everyone dies. Totally. T-Rex rips everyone apart. Raptors <laughs> rip everyone apart. You get an idea? I think I've said enough on yeah, this. Yeah. <laughs> the metaphor here is that the dinosaurs are your bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> they're your insecurities. They're your unhealed wounds. They're your <laughs> passive aggression, your poor communication strategies, your fears, your unexpressed desires running rampant causing yeah. bloodshed <laughs> yeah well thank you megan i'm glad you like drove this home with me <laughs> you set him up i knock him down <laughs> uh well hopefully you got the point Mika. <laughs> thank, you. thank you for writing us yeah and good luck good luck and godspeed <laughs> i um I saw some meme about how like they're bringing they're talking about bringing dinosaurs back to life, mm. and then their response was like, "We have five movies about why this is a bad idea." I'm like, <laughs> <Totally. "They are." laughs> I think we know how this ends. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know when one of the new ones they like apparently make fucking invisible dinosaurs? Oh no! It's like, come on. Gonna, and they're like, where to go? Jesus Christ, people. Like, what is this? Why are you doing this? It's just another, it's a Sharknado wannabe, I think. Oh, my God. <laughs> Our next letter comes from Tao. It's a 30-year-old male, and he writes, Hi, Head Over Fields. I'm feeling a bit stuck. Help. I had met a wonderful Rita, woman, Rita, about six months ago. We hit it off right away when we started dating, and the relationship has been wonderful. In recent months, I've dealt with work taking a lot of my time and energy during the day and finding myself not reaching out to people or wanting to connect with people much after work. Rita has brought up that she felt like I've been slowly disconnecting from her, and I did acknowledge that my work has been a big part of it, but that wasn't an indicator of me wanting to leave. This last week, I've had a lot of time off and was able to reflect on the relationship and realize I don't have the time or energy to give to anyone, and being single feels like the best scenario for me. 
I feel horrible, as this was something Rita had expressed concern for in the past, dating someone who didn't have time for her. I never intended to go down this path, but I also didn't know where there would be worldly shifts as well as changes in work that brought up this perfect storm of a situation. Am I a hypocrite for changing my mind? Is there anything I could have done differently? Rita is an awesome person, and I don't want her to feel like she's been dragged around, and that isn't my intention. I appreciate any help as I can get as I'm feeling a bit stuck here. Hmm. Thank you for writing, Tao. Um, I think this happens to a lot of people, and it's just a simple, uh, unfortunate fact of the universe that we can't predict the future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we get started with somebody... Uh, We're very excited to date them. Things are really fun. We're like immersed in it. And we may start dating someone under certain conditions. Like, you know, if I start dating someone while I'm unemployed and then I find a job and like those are huge life shifts. Um, All kinds of things can happen that you didn't predict or you could predict, but you weren't sure what their effects would be. And then when you're there in the future, um, realizing the effects of the things that changed in your life then, hey, the context is different now and your feelings may not survive in the new context. It's like transplanting a plant into a new pot. If you use a different kind of soil or you put it in a different window, like, hey, it's got a new environment now and and it may not like it. It may not adapt well, mm-hmm. may not grow all that well in the new window. So I, I'm, I like it's delightful and sweet that you care about her feelings and, and that you're sad to hurt them. I totally relate with that. Um, yeah. Because, you know, she expressed an insecurity and here you are like living out the thing that she's feared. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I mean, that's just part of rolling the dice and dating. Sometimes things turn out the way you really hope they don't, uh, but they do by no one's fault of their own, you know? So mm-hmm. I think being as compassionate as possible and communicating your needs to her in a way that like really lets her know how great she is and that it's not personal and that you're being so honest and genuine. Cause I know a lot of people say like, it's not you, it's me. <laughs> but like <laughs> a lot of times that's really true. Yeah. Um, and you're doing her a favor by freeing her up to go be with someone who can prioritize her in the ways that she wants. Yes. Right. And I know she can't see it now as it being a favor, it's going to hurt for a while, mm-hmm. but she can probably rebound just like everybody else moves on in life and find someone who's a better partner for their situation, um, for their context. So yeah, I, I mean like be as gentle as possible, but don't beat yourself up is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, you're definitely not a hypocrite here. Like, mm-hmm. you have a right to change your mind mm-hmm. as much as that may suck for the other person. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love how you're talking about, like, we can't predict the future. Yeah. We, I think it's, especially this last year has been a whirlwind for all of us. Oh, my God. And I can, you know, relate to similar feelings or just, um, you know, early pandemic, you know, it was kind of somewhat hopeful and then dealing with, you know, bouts of depression and finally finding footing and, mm-hmm. you know, you... You start realizing as wherever you landed, whether you got a new job or whether you lost a job, or whether you had a lot of time or you actually lost time, whatever the mm. case is, that um, you're we're all kind of adjusting to a new reality to some degree. Yeah. And, I'm, and we just don't know how that's going to impact everything in our lives. You yeah. know, if you, you may have been like, have not had any, I don't know, passions or anything. Like maybe you weren't, um, you're like up to this point, then during you know, pandemic times, you're like, I'm going to pick up an instrument, a new hobby that mm-hmm. takes up a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's more important than, you know, dating people, whatever the case is. Yeah. So I, 
also really just want to commend you for just being, you know, mindful and honest. And I think just being open and honest with her. I love the compassion piece that you mentioned, Meg, that um, just communicate how you want to go forward and where you're at. Like, I think even just calling to like, hey, when we met, this is where it was at. Like, it was mm. part time or whatever the situation was. And I realized, like, look, now I'm kind of in the weeds with my work and I just don't. I can't give this anything to anyone right now. Yeah. And this is nothing personal. It's just like, this is, uh, it feels disingenuous to try to like force myself to be something I'm not. Yeah. And so from here, it looks like, well, what do you want from the connection? Mm -hmm. So I think that would be a good assessment to have first before, um, you know, do you want to still be friends? Do you want, uh, do you need some time and space before you can like open up friendship? Mm -hmm. Um, whatever the case is, I think being able to take a moment to like acknowledge the relationship for what it for what it has been, and for her, it mm -hmm. sounds like it was been a really beautiful connection, and also just like acknowledging where you're at and that you know this I wasn't expecting to be here. This is not what I want. Like you're a wonderful person, and I can't give you what you want right now. And I think it's okay for us to say that. It's hard for us to say that mm -hmm. because I think there's a part of us that wants to be like everything for everyone or you know i want to be the hero mm -hmm. like even fucking mark anthony make a song i want to be your hero baby <laughs> that's the only mark anthony song i know <laughs> so that's the only lyric i know this for that this is why man. you're the guitarist right? <laughs> <laughs> just kidding i love you <laughs> you should have seen me the other night singing like ace of bass and i wish i could have seen yeah. that <laughs> um but in any case, being able to communicate that information and finding where you can both love, love out with each other. She might be feeling the same. Maybe uh, she's willing to hold out and say, hey, like, maybe we can reassess and dial down or dial back the relationship. Mm. But, you know, there, there can be other ways about this. But ultimately, being honest, being super upfront, forthcoming, and... Just, you know, be clear about where you're at mm -hmm. and let her also share her experience. And and so let it be a peaceful conversation. It doesn't have to blow up into this big thing. It's like, yeah. look, I cannot give you, you know, it seems like this is what you're wanting and I didn't want to do this, but now I'm in this place where I just can't give it anymore. Mm -hmm. So I would love to be your friend. I need a little space so I can like, you know, so we can just kind of like process this. Yeah. But I want to also celebrate that this has been wonderful and I, you're a wonderful person and I wish I could be in a different place right now, but that's not where I'm at realistically. Mm. We can't change where we're at. We just have to like work through that and, and, you know, take it one step at a time. Yeah. I love that piece about highlighting the gratitude of like, I'm so glad that we had the time together and like, here's what it meant to me and here's what I got out of it and um, things like that. Even if it was a short interaction, that's really beautiful to appreciate something, even if it's short lived. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to give you a couple quick tips. One, um, don't say you want to stay friends if you don't. Like, it's okay if you don't want to be friends. If you're like, we had this fun fling and, you know, it was really exciting and fun, but I don't have space in my life to let it grow into a relationship, so we should just go our separate ways. Because it's okay if, like, what you want from someone is a relationship, not a friendship. So you don't have to, like, offer that as a consolation prize unless you genuinely mean it. Uh, number two, don't give her false hope. Like, 
um, like, well, maybe in a few months things might settle down at work and we could circle back and, you know, see where we're feeling and where we're at. No, 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 Don't do that <laughs> because it might feel like you're softening the blow, but you're actually just keeping her on the hook longer and keeping yourself on the hook longer with guilt. Like, uh, don't do that unless you genuinely think there is a likely chance that you could explore this relationship future if more fully in the future. Um, might as well just like move on when it's time to move on. Um, I think I've been stuck in vort vortices many times with people thinking that they'll like come back to life and we can re-explore at a future date. And it, that was like never true. <laughs> um, I think except once. <laughs> um, and then the third thing I would say, um, it's okay to prioritize your self-care. Like you're making this decision out of your own best well-being and there is no reason why you should stay in a relationship because you just feel obligated to. Mm. Like yes. how shitty would yes. that be to know that your partner is staying with you because they just don't want to hurt your feelings and they feel obligated? Like fuck that. Yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah. I, I can imagine a lot of people. I know I did that when I was younger. Sure. Totally. Yeah. yeah we totally all have been that. or like have been the victim of someone else doing that to us and it's just inauthentic. So um, prioritize yourself when you have to and it's okay. Don't stick around for uh, reasons like you think you're being nice. It's not really nice. <laughs> yeah. 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 The nicest thing is to be nice to yourself. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you for writing in, Tao. We wish you the best on that. And thank you for considering another human being in mm -hmm. your relationship. <laughs> mm -hmm. Our third letter comes from Zoe, a 24-year-old bi woman. And she writes... Hey, head over feels this holiday season has been fucking shit for me uh -huh. and I would like to figure out how to make it suck Lex next year round. <laughs> I feel you Zoe, <laughs> that can happen in an attempt to be more open with my family. I came out to them as being bisexual and stated that I am dating a woman. I was hoping it wouldn't be a big deal, but it seems I stirred the pot too much. We had a small gathering, mom, dad, brother, sister, and a few extended family members were video chatting with us. My little brother told my uncle in the video that I like girls, and my uncle started asking some very inappropriate and uncomfortable questions, and I went off on him, which definitely didn't go well. I could tell my parents were acting a bit different after I shared that and wouldn't tell me why. I feel frustrated, but mostly... I don't feel seen by them. I feel a lot closer to my friends in my current town than I do my family, and this situation left a bad taste in my mouth. I would like some ideas on how to handle family gatherings, especially with family members who hold more, quote, traditional views of relationships and sexuality, because at this rate, I don't even want to see them anytime soon. <sighs> a big sigh for that one. Mm -hmm. Zoe, we feel you. Mm -hmm. Holidays it's like bad that a stereotype is such reality but that's that is yeah, the case. you are not alone zoe this has been experienced by lgbtq folks around the world oh, thousands and thousands yeah. of times unfortunately yeah and it's like yeah another example of like creepy uncle getting earning that title Ugh. yet again <laughs> uh, so there are there are things we can do to help mm -hmm. we make suck less next mm -hmm. time next time when it comes to your family, parents, uh, I think the hardest part, but the thing we need to do is setting hard boundaries with them. Boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. Mm -hmm. We need to figure, so I think the first thing we need to start looking at is like, what is it about the experience, you know, about spending time with family that makes it the most, uh, what do you struggle with the most in it? Is it just your uncle? Mm. Is it collectively your family? 
Yeah, it sounds like your parents didn't really stand up for you there. Yeah, that was that was another thing. Yeah, um, you know, you don't just because you are living your authentic self and life doesn't mean you get to be like the family punching bag. Mm -hmm. That's fucked up. Mm -hmm. So, one strategy like is like looking at what are the things that you struggle with the most to kind of like write down. Maybe it's uncles and your family being not being supportive. Mm -hmm. You know, your parents. Then, like, then you start figuring out what your boundaries are. So, like, including what kind of conversations you're willing to have with them, um, you know, family member or members, what you're willing to do, and how much exactly you're willing to take. So that can look like I'm not really willing to talk about my relation in my romantic life, mm -hmm. or I'm not really willing to talk about my sexuality, whatever the case yeah. is, because this is what happens. And I think I would even bring up to your parents at some point. You know, when uncle whatever started asking me these inappropriate questions, y'all just fucking sat there, did mm. nothing. I felt so unsupported mm -hmm. and it kind of felt like you were either siding with him or like making it seem like his inappropriateness was like okay by being silent. Yeah. And that felt it's very abandoning, no? Yeah. And it's like that that makes me feel like you either don't respect like me as a doing my thing or that you are siding with him even though like I was clearly uncomfortable mm -hmm. frustrated and not even feeling like I was being supported in any way yeah and so and it's like I have friends who I don't see that I see less either less often to you who are 10 times more supportive than Ooh, you yeah you know if you want to really drive the nail in <laughs> but like I'm glad to hear you have a very supportive chosen family Zoe unfortunately that's like the common framework that happens for LGBTQ folks is that you know um their family of origin may not love them unconditionally they may have judgments mm -hmm. and values that they hold higher than their own flesh and blood and it's tragic that they can't see through those things and accept you for who you are and treat you with the utmost respect that you deserve. So oftentimes people are driven to have to create a new network in their life, a new family of chosen people yeah. who are there for them, who really do stand up and show up and support and love them uh, and don't make inappropriate comments. So I, I'm sorry that this is happening to you. And I'm glad that you're seeing that there's already other options about like people you can connect with more deeply and authentically and have a more safe and stable relationship with at the very least. Yeah. Another thing you can do that I would recommend is having an exit strategy. Mm. So yeah. And you can other to you if you want to communicate it beforehand or not. She's like, hey, mom and dad, if uncle, if Joe Uncle Joe gets like weird again and you're not going to support then I'm going to leave mm -hmm. early. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, you can also just like with that boundary, you say like, Hey, if you're, you know, speaking to your parents, if you're unwilling to be supportive to me, I'm unwilling to go out there. You yeah. Know? It's like, that's fine. If you don't want to be supportive, I just don't want to be around people who don't support me. Yes. And maybe the biggest question I think a lot of us should ask ourselves is, do you need to go in the first place? Ooh. I think we need to be real with ourselves that sometimes is it is it the timing? Like sometimes maybe the holidays suck, and I like to go personally, like to visit my family after or before holidays. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But um, yeah, if you find that like you know what, every time I go there, it's it's this ordeal. I have nine hours of basically being chastised about Ooh. not being married, or not wanting to have kids, or mm -hmm. whatever you know. Insert like <laughs> common like family dinner trope things here. Mm -hmm. And if that's just if that's just constantly exhausting for you, then you don't have to go just because someone is like blood and family doesn't mean that they have a right to treat you like shit. Ooh, that right yeah. there. 
Yeah. Absolutely. And you don't owe them anything, even blood. You do not owe them anything, period. Absolutely. So like, no one gets like auto consent for you. Right. Oh, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. And I think people who are raised in traditional families are just like, honestly, this is common in just the middle of the road family in America, I would say, not just those who are super conservative or traditional. <laughs> Um, that there's a sense of obligation that like, well, because they're family, you have to put up with their shit. You have to like take the secondary position of power. You have to let them, um, dictate the relationship on their terms and da da da. And like, well, you just can't change them. You just have to accept them how they are. And I call bullshit on all of that, um, mm -hmm. because you're an adult and you have the right to make the decisions and love the way you love and, um, be treated with respect for it. So, um, yeah, ask yourself why you want to be around them. Um, this can, you know, have a lot of different things that come up. Obligation can be one of them, but it shouldn't be the first and foremost or only reason. Mm -hmm. Like hopefully you get value and joy or fun or support in some other ways that justify you being around people um, and make it a non-negotiable. Say, hey, uh, for you to make derogatory statements or treat me in this way, uh, is is a deal breaker for me, and I'm going to extricate myself from the situation if you're going to do that. Yeah. That's an ultimatum you can totally make, and it's up to you to enforce it. Um, you shouldn't have to beg them, like, please be nice to me, or like, well, I know you weren't that nice yesterday. Well, we'll try again today. Like, no, you get to draw that line when and how you want to. Yes. And they're going to push back, and they're going to call you names, and they're going to treat you even worse, probably for asserting a boundary that they're not used to you asserting. Hmm. Uh, but that's part of the process. <laughs> and let them know, like, look, um, if you want to have a relationship with me, it has to be based on love and respect. Um, mm. and if you're not willing to opt into that, then neither am I. So mm, beautifully well said. <laughs> thank yeah. you. Yeah. I feel very passionate. I've seen a lot of people suffer through these kinds of things yeah. and it's an absolute tragedy. Yeah. 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 That one deserves to be treated like shit. And especially from your family, like if you, you know, ask yourself, like, would you let, allow yourself to be treated like this from a friend? Right. And if, if the answer is no, which hopefully that's the answer, mm -hmm. like there's really no acceptable reason for a friend to treat you like this, then why are they even like, why are you investing time and energy into that? Mm -hmm. I know that I don't spend time with people who, you know, when I was younger, I'd be like, hang out with everyone because I wanted to be, have friends. Mm -hmm. And I would hang out with people, even those, that the borderline people who like, sometimes nice to me but sometimes mm -hmm. kind of mean or passive aggressive right and now i'm like i don't fucking have time for that shit yeah. i want to hang out with people who like respect me and can talk real with me not talk shit to me mm -hmm. or disrespect me or like in when it comes to it won't stand up for me right because that really shows like who they really are in this situation and and quite frankly I, and I now I, I'm surrounded by amazing people, you know, in my life with friends. And it's not to say I live in like an echo chamber. I live, I have people who respect me and I'm challenged with all these, the variety of like mm. ideas and inquiries, but yet no one sit here is like, well, uh, and sits and says like inappropriate things or like degrades me for my lifestyle of things I do. Mm -hmm. They just like, you know, they respect and understand that's my own thing. And if they have their own opinions, that's fine. But they say, you know what, like, if you're happy doing it, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. So, Yeah. You have to stand in your own truth. And I know it might be hard the first few times that you stand up to people who don't treat you well, but 
um, that should be part of your own self-care and your own self-love is to not allow people into your life who treat you poorly. A lot of times we have in the past, like Fernando said, allowed people to treat us poorly. And it's often out of a, a desire for belonging or for acceptance or for to receive love from them. If we think, okay, well, if I put up with this stuff, like at least they treat me nice other times, they'll give me some love, but you're settling for scraps of love at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's really important to, um, stand only for the love that you know you deserve Mm, yeah Mm -hmm. which you deserve all the love in the world yeah absolutely wish you the best zoe thank you for writing it thank you zoe hopefully your next holiday is less shit yeah good luck (laughs) all right our spotlight topic today is hierarchical poly yeah, we wanted to touch on this. We're going to grow it in other episodes, but this is a great primer to those who aren't familiar and maybe a good jumping off point for debate for those who are familiar with the topic. Yeah, and we will do polyamory just as a topic in a future episode because mm-hmm. we haven't even touched it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so let's start off with what is hierarchical? Oh my God, I'm going to screw this up the whole time. Hierarchical? Hierarchical. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've heard it both ways, people. Yeah. Uh, so it's non-monogamy done ethically, like with open clarity with all parties involved, right? And aware that mm-hmm. everything's going Awareness, on. Awareness, <laughs> yes. Uh, but which creates some sort of structure where some partners are prioritized in different ways than others, um, such that there is a hierarchy. Mm-hmm. How do you think of uh, What do you think of that definition? Yeah, I think that's that's, I think, straight shooting from the hip. That's yeah. like the hits, right? <laughs> hits the target. <laughs> And, you know, a common like configuration of this is like, let's say a married couple, you know, they may say, okay, well, and they have this idea of like, they want to keep their marriage as the, you know, they are the top point of the hierarchy. Mm. And then anyone they date is like secondary. Mm-hmm. And, and and we know that this comes very loaded because it assumes a lot, but it's not such a cut and dry for everyone. Everyone mm-hmm. operates, everyone does poly, everyone does relationships, everyone does hierarchical poly all differently. Yeah. And, you know, from the outside, you can say, well, that doesn't sound so bad, but, um, you know, there's different reasons why people want to do this. Mm-hmm. So let's start with, you know, common reason could be like maybe more functional reason. Let's say you have a kid, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you're married. And so you're like, well, we want to date other people, but it, for them, they're like, for the sanctity of the child's like well-being and, and being raising them, we want to make sure that they're taken care of. And mm-hmm. so, um, what we want to avoid is, let's say, you know, the husband starts dating someone else or the wife dates someone else, and then they that relationship starts taking a lot more time and energy mm-hmm. enough where they want to move into with the other person, or it starts impacting like the raising of the child. And now it's like it almost feels like a single parent yeah. managing the relationship. That's where. So the, you know, one possible thought could be, well, we want to make sure that we are taking care of the child first mm-hmm. in our marriage, because that's like, we want to have a good upbringing for them. And then our early relationships, I mean, you know, are like not, they're still priority, but not as such a priority as, as much as this. Yeah. I love that example because it brings up a lot of like factors that are commonly seen as symbols of importance or hierarchy. So, for example, uh, the amount of time you spend with someone, it's assumed one could assume that the more time you spend with someone, the more prioritized they are in your life Mm -hmm. and therefore more primacy that relationship has in comparison to other relationships. Uh, Cohabitation is another. Mm. Um, Fluid bonding is another symbol of uh, primacy sometimes. 
um, decision-making prioritization. So, you know, if you factor in one person's feelings as more important than another person's feelings in the, in the decisions you make, taking vacations with them, um, sharing assets or Mm -hmm. making purchases together. So these are all things that are assumed to be signs of a hierarchy, but they're not necessarily, you know, um, some people will fluid bond with multiple partners and that means, um, going without, uh, condoms or, or protection, I mm-hmm. believe in, in a shorthand definition. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't, so it doesn't necessarily mean that one person is more important than another. Uh, it's just that we have these assumptions in our society about the meaning behind a lot of these behaviors. And so they can show up in the hierarchies that, um, develop either intentionally or accidentally in people's polyamorous, uh, structural relationships. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of like, um, you can do polyamory in a non-hierarchical way where everybody sort of has equal power to make decisions, equal mm-hmm. prioritization, or uh, proportionate prioritization based on factors like the intensity of that relationship or someone's schedule availability. You know, some people are like, you know, I really only have time to see you like once every other week. So they don't want to or have to have the same amount of time spent as every other person that someone's dating, Right. right? So sometimes hierarchies can evolve organically, uh, and so I think that's called descriptive hierarchy. And then if you create a hierarchy and then let people like opt in or not, but they can't negotiate it, that's called a prescriptive hierarchy, Hmm. right? This is something that's highlighted in the book uh, more than two um, which we've touched on, I think, in a long ago episode. Uh, I think so. <laughs> Controversial author. Um, so asterisk, one of the authors. One yeah, of the one of the authors, uh, right. Uh, so asterisk on that guy. But <laughs> we'll get back to that. Um, but it's it's a common theme among non-monogamous people that, you know, the ethics are questionable depending on how the hierarchies form. And uh, yeah. I think our opinions of that have changed over the years, haven't they, Fernando? Yeah, yeah they yeah. definitely have. Yeah, because like you can't. I, I love you put it. Like it's a there can be. You could say um, we want to ask when it comes to your hier- uh, hierarchy relationships, what's the reason for it? Mm. You know, cause especially if you're opting into one, mm-hmm. because there can be more. Uh, and I didn't know that prescriptive or descriptive. Uh, I know like familiar from like the. Is there an emotional need for it or oh. a functional need for this? Mm. So functional could be like I mean the example I gave earlier, like the child. Yeah. Um, there is a com this. It seems like a common misconception where from the emotional standpoint where someone's like the insecurity, this sounds a lot like our first, you know, writer with Malika and dealing with mm, Peter, I believe yes, it was. Yes, yes. I think uh, there was some hidden hierarchy there yeah, that she maybe wasn't aware of. Exactly. Great way to tie that together. Yes. Full circle. <laughs> <laughs> if you missed that, rewind with the beginning. <laughs> uh, but in those kind of cases where it's like there's this idea that, well, we want to protect the relationship. So mm. we... Uh, we're going to try to instantiate some level of control. Right. And this is where you get some, uh, what some people might think are hidden cool powers, which I think can be a little destructive, mm-hmm. such as uh, we call veto. Mm-hmm. Um, in this case, v- and veto would be like, you're, I'm, let's say, if I was dating you, Meg, and then someone else, like your partner was like, I don't like Fernando. I, you know, you have either, to dump him. Yeah. You yeah. have to dump him. It's him or me. Yeah. So that would be a veto power. Basically, a third party who is not in the relationship is dictating the power of the, you know, of what's happening in the relationship, which right. is unfair, fucked up. Mm-hmm. It doesn't give you, you know, it's like, how does this un, 
involved party have power over the people inside the relationship. Yeah. That doesn't, I don't have, I have a hard time being okay with that one. Right. And so some people think, well, if I have, we have this power and this kind of control, the relationship can be safe, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, This is where, this is where we can see people get, um, you can say, love ruffled feathers around it because that emotional approach with, the emotional reasoning for hierarchical poly to try to keep the relationship protected, mm. you know, like, oh, you can't love this person as much or you can't do X, Y, Z, you can't travel with them or whatever. Right. These restrictions. Dictating rules on someone else's relationship. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of hard to tell, to like put a cap on a relationship and then expect it to stay that way. Right. We can't like predict how we're going to fall in love with somebody or not, or the way it's going to evolve over time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Unless, unless this is something you opted into, you're like, look, I only want someone that I like a friend with benefits situation. Mm -hmm. I don't have the time, space, energy for a full on relationship. That's fine. I don't like, um, I don't want to travel with you or what. I don't know (laughs) if that's something you'd ever say. Yeah. Um, that for whatever reason, you could be like, you know, I, I work a lot and I travel a lot and I just don't, that's not something on my plate. Yeah. So there can be ethical ways around it and you just have to know what you're opting into, Mm -hmm. but it can also be a bit hairy. Mm -hmm. So there, I'm sure there are people who can handle hierarchical relationships ethically Mm -hmm. and the people opting in can also join knowing everything, you know, all the confines, but I think it all needs to be communicated and there'd be constant communication. Totally. But it can get messy whenever it's like, um, you get the pull rug pulled under you're like oh well looks like you're we're not dating anymore sorry and, you know yeah. we're like my husband doesn't want me dating you so bye right like delete my number um, oh my god and that happens so much that you know hierarchical structures get a bad reputation uh because they can go awry or they can be sneaky and kind of hidden and sometimes the parties involved don't all they're not fully aware of the ways that hierarchy exists in their lives. You know, they may think like, yeah, we're married. Yeah, we live together, but we promise we're not hierarchical. Everybody has a say in everybody's relationships and everything is free to form organically into whatever it turns into. And and if you're a third party walking into that being like, oh, that sounds great. Cool. I'll, you know, I'll date you. And then out of nowhere, a few months in, one of the married people is like, well, I don't like that you spend Saturday and Sunday nights with my partner. Like I I want one of those nights. So I'm taking one of those nights back. Like, whoa, hey, whoa, that's not a negotiation. That's a dictated, you know, rule. Um, So these things can come into play in ways that can start stepping on toes, hurting feelings, making people people feel disempowered in their own relationships. Um, Or let's say somebody starts off as a secondary partner saying, hey, I'm happy to only see you once in a while. Friends with benefits. Sounds great. Like, I don't want more responsibility or more involvement in your life. Then that may sound like a great deal at the beginning, but what if they catch deeper feelings for their partner? Those nasty feelings. (laughs) (laughs) They they sneak in there. And then it's suddenly like, oh, this this I want more with this person. And if the person's like, well, that's not what you agreed to, like that's not a very compassionate way to accommodate for the ways that people's desires and needs and um feelings change over time. Yeah. So when you build a rigid structure, it's more likely to get cracks, right? If you build a flexible structure, it's more likely to be able to adapt to changing conditions. Mm. So there's pros and cons to hierarchy. And I know a lot of people out there feel very passionate about whether it's inherently ethical or not. 
And we could debate that forever. Yes. <laughs> this podcast does not aim to find an ultimate answer to that. Right. But we want to respect people's independent choices that they make based on what feels right for their lives mm-hmm. and that you can change your mind. Some people's relationships go in and out of hierarchy over time based yeah. on what they're available um, for or individual people may change their opinion on what they do or don't want to be involved in over yeah. time as well. Yeah. We just want to equip you with the tools and awareness mm-hmm. because it isn't such a black and white answer. Yeah. And, you know, there are more resources we would encourage you to dig into and research. Like there are things such as like the secondaries bill of rights Ooh, and, yes. and ways that, you know, if you're going to opt in a relationship, knowing this, it can be good to know, like, what are things like red flags to be aware of? What are things that you need to negotiate upfront and communicate just to for as much as you can avoid it being a complete shit show yeah. or the rug being pulled under you. And yeah. so, because that, when you're in that situation, when you fall, um, I was going to say head over heels or so, <laughs> uh, then for that to get pulled out with you not having say is pretty fucking heart wrecking. Right. And we want to avoid that at all possible while it, the, the people who make the, who are in the hierarchy can, you know, exhibit those rights you can also just like know that, okay, if there is no flexibility here, am I willing to put that risk in? Mm, and so yeah. now this becomes like, if you opt into it, just know that if that pulls under you, if you know the rug gets pulled under you from you, not that you it's justified by any means, but more like, you know, you opted into this. So mm. you've went in fully with the risk. And here we are, like however many months later, that this is this is what it is. Interesting. Yeah. And I would encourage you, if you're not sure if there is hierarchy in your structure, even if you're monogamous, um, the ways that hierarchy can show up your relationship versus your friends or family, stuff like that. We should get into that on another spotlight topic. Mm -hmm. I would love that. Mm -hmm. Um, But so if you're not sure, ask, have a conversation with your partner and yourself, sit down and really examine your life and your structure. Like, hmm, are there ways that I unethically prioritize people over others or exert power in ways that is overreaching um, or that people use overreaching power over me? Um, And even if you think you know, if you're like, no, 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 we're not hierarchical or like we're hierarchical and we have the same definition for that. Like, do you? Have you ever talked about this directly with your partner? Yeah. I recommend trying that out. You might be surprised. Yeah. I had a friend who's who was in a monogamous relationship. I forgot if they were married at that time. They're mm. no longer together. But I remember there are times where like even he and I were hanging out to way late in the night mm. and his um partner would go off on him. It was like <gasps> as if he was like cheating. He's like, No, she he was with me Whoa. like till two AM, you know, working yeah. on music or whatever. And you know, it became enough where it happened multiple times. I'm like, hey, this oh. is kind of concerning. You know, I always shared my concern because it's, you know, it's like he had no autonomy in yeah. that relationship, you know, and ultimately that relationship did break pretty hard because of that. Mm. And I had never thought about that. It does exist outside of just the polyamory structure that mm-hmm. people can, uh, whether they know it or not, exhibit this like, what do you call it, control or like possessiveness mm-hmm. over another human being. And and that can be a sign that there is an inequality of power and respect and you know within that relationship and that's better to address those things or if it's unaddre- if it's you know beyond the point of addressing then consider leaving or restructuring relationship mm-hmm. you know but mm-hmm. we want to avoid as much as possible uh, it's not avo- avoidable as a human but when if we can avoid 
heartbreak or just complete shit show situations, yeah, uh, you do not want to be that dumpster fire meme, you know? <laughs> right. So anything to avoid that, we'll try to equip you. That's <laughs> so. right. Well, we hope you learned some new things about what hierarchy is and some examples of what it looks like and how it plays out in people's relationships. And um, hopefully this is a good jumping off point for you to start asking yourself some questions about your own ethics and preferred relationship structures uh, to be able to really dive in and find what is right for you and the people you're involved with. We love recommending books to you on this podcast, and we want to make it super easy for you to use these incredibly helpful resources in your own love life. That's why we've teamed up with Audible, which has thousands of titles of all genres, which you can listen to while driving, cleaning, cooking, or any other activity. We don't judge. If you sign up through our link, you can get one free audiobook and one free month trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash headoverfeels. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for tuning in. To submit your question, go to our website, headoverfeelspod.com. Also, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at headoverfeelspod. Please subscribe, give us a five-star rating, and review in your podcast app of choice. See you next week. <laughs>